data from the National Association of Realtors tells us that 88% of home buyers purchased their home using a real estate agent in 2021. 100% of those buyers could have created thousands of dollars in donations to support climate action without any cost out of pocket by finding their real estate agent through Climate Change Realty. Welcome to the podcast. David, delighted to meet you. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Great to be here. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Great to have you. And you know, we always like to get the show started with some background on who you are and how you got to be doing what you're doing at the current moment. Sure, you bet. Yeah. So I'm an architect and I uh, moved to Hawaii back in 88 and uh, built a house actually on Maui that, uh, you know, I was trying to be as sustainable as I could. It was totally off grid. This was 30 years ago. And uh but they delivered the lumber for building the house. And it was just like, oh, my God, that's a whole forest. And thinking that that's what's happening in every house in the United States. And so really, uh, the friend that was helping me uh, construct the house, I was hammering nails. and But he was an actual contractor. And uh, he and I started uh, the Bamboo Housing Company, Bamboo Living, uh, that next year. And uh, so that's been 20, well, now almost 27 plus, something like that. And uh, the um, really back in 09, I had read about, um, you know, the amount of CO2 humanity was putting in the atmosphere. And I recently read an article on, um, you know, bamboo and the amount of carbon that was tied up in the plant itself. And I thought, oh my God, you know, it's the fastest growing plant. It's gotta be a good solution for climate change. So I kind of jumped in kind of over my head uh, with that one. I submitted a paper for the World Bamboo Congress and got accepted on the, you know, the speakers. And uh, two weeks before the conference, uh, one of the other speakers is the top researcher in the world at the time on bamboo circulated his paper about why bamboo would not work for carbon sequestration. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, but then I read his paper and I thought, OK, I just have to address every one of Walter's issues and then I would have a good strategy. So I wrote it up and sent it to him. And he said, yeah, that would work. Meet me ahead of the conference and I'll help you work out the details. So, you know, it's a, a, the two big items are is that bamboo, if you don't harvest it, uh, once the canopy closes, uh, the sequestration starts to flatten out. Um, so being able to remove the mature poles uh, opens the sun space for the plant and keeps the sequestration level high. And then to lock up the carbon, you've got to turn it into long-term durable building materials, things that you can't be making paper and chopsticks and stuff like that. Single-use stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, where did you study architecture and where are you from originally? I'm from Florida originally, and I studied in Gainesville, University of Florida there. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was when, just I, when I went there, it was a party school. Now it's got a pretty good academic res- reputation. So I say my reputation has risen. Well, that's good. What is yeah. it that drew you to the the islands of Hawaii? Um, I came to visit my brother one too many times. I And I had an older brother that moved out here in the early 80s. Yeah. Cool. 
Okay. So I want to kind of dive right in to talking sure. about before, before we get into the intricacies of how you're using bamboo, I, would you mind explaining to people what bamboo is, where it's originally native to and some of the interesting, you know, characteristics of it? Sure. There's about 1500 species of bamboo. It's a giant grass. So it's an actual grass. Um, and it's found already, uh, occur, you know, it's already occurring on all the continents. Um, but there are out of that 1500 species, there's probably a couple of dozen that are good for construction. So those have been my focus. Um, I use a, a, a bamboo from Vietnam, uh, originally for, uh, the, uh, bamboo living houses and with rhizome, we're using, uh, several of the giant bamboos in, in, in the Philippines, it's called, uh, Dendrocalamus asper and Florida Dendrocalamus giganteus and then a hybrid. Um, so there's, yeah, there's, again, there's other species as well that meet those, you know, the client, the size and the, the speed of growth. So it's like a grass, but it's not like, it's more like has like the strength of a, a tree, you know, or like a small yeah. tree but it grows yeah. like a, as quickly as a grass. Exactly. Exactly. So it's the, if you look at Guinness book of world records, it's the fastest growing plant on the planet. And so it can grow two to three feet a day. Uh, the record's just under three feet. Um, and it's, so what it's doing. Yeah. It's, it's shooting two to three feet per day. day. Yeah. Right. That's even more yeah. than, than it's grows faster than, than seaweed does. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fast. So you're getting a, a hundred foot tall, uh, plant, you know, you know, the, the, the poles are called combs. So, and each plant has a bunch of them and, uh, and it's putting out more every year. Uh, the plants themselves live a hundred years and you can harvest every year from them and uh and the plant just keeps uh generating more it's like mowing the lawn you know it just mm -hmm. keeps stimulates growth and it continues to put up new shoots and so those shoots reach full height in just a couple of months um but then they're kind of pulpy at that point but they're building structure as they uh leaf out so they'll get 100 feet tall in just a couple of months and then over the next couple of years they get all of their leaves and branches and and that big weight up there on a you know big telephone pole and uh so by year 3 you're getting structural quality material and depending on the species between year 3 and 5 you'll be harvesting that material for you know structural uses and it's okay. incredibly strong it's it's more than twice as strong as the would typically use for construction. And that's, there's so many incredible things to it. That's why I'm so excited yeah. to have you here on the show today. One Thank of the you. things I wanted to touch on was the kind of the versatility of it or its ability to grow in, in different places. I think you said there were several different species, but I'm from a, a small, I don't know, I don't want to say rural, but like a small lush mountain town in Northern New Jersey. And I remember mm -hmm. that someone planted bamboo next to their house and they had a bamboo forest like right next to their house in New Jersey. So can this stuff grow like basically anywhere or does it have some limitations? Uh, well, there's different species. Uh, we're focused on the tropical, subtropical uh, because they're the okay. fastest growing in the, in the largest species. Right. Um, but there are species that, that grow, you know, 
uh, all the way up into Japan and, and you know, China, and as you said, uh, New Jersey. And, uh, but they're typically not the, the further north you're going, uh, they're not as big and they're not as fast growing. Okay. Uh, but there's, you know, the whole southern United States could grow, be growing bamboo commercially. Our focus cool. has been uh, South Florida, which is ideal for the tropical clumping varieties. Okay. Very interesting. Before we dive into rhizome, I'd love to hear about your experience with bamboo living and actually building houses yourself out in Hawaii and how, how that kind of sure. business grew over the years. Yeah, you bet. So that was uh, really a 10-year labor of love. Uh, uh, we needed to get the National Building Code standard to really turn it into a business and uh, finished that in 2004. So we've got a building code standard that basically covers the entire U.S. And uh, yeah, so we, we can build anywhere in the U.S. And we built in a lot of places in the world, actually. We've had our buildings go through multiple Category 5 hurricanes, 200 mile per hour at the site. Um, pretty incredible material. Did they teach you about this at all while you were in school learning about how to build buildings? Uh, no, um, not out of bamboo. <laughs> I, I grew up playing in a bamboo grove in a neighbor's yard. Uh, and he's one of the friends I'm still working with. And then uh, when I was in Scouts, we were building towers and bridges and, you know, all kinds of things out of the bamboo. So, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, when, when we started the company, we just made it up. We needed connections that the engineers could analyze. And uh, we had to go through the you know, national building code standard, all the testing that they require, which is pretty extensive. So, yeah, it was quite a process. I can imagine. Well, um, I was going to say, I, I've seen the the results. I checked out your website in the building, oh, like the different models that you offer, and they look like sure. such beautiful buildings. But I like love like thank tropical you. beach vibes. So I might mm. be biased, but they, it looks like some sure. really, really cool stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I, you know, it was kind of like, uh, you know, what would it be like to be on vacation all the time? You know, come <laughs> home to be, to be on vacation. So, you know, I tried to design them to be kind of gorgeous and playful and all of that. So when did the kind of switch go off in your mind that made you start thinking about things in terms of like carbon sequestration and reducing emissions? How long have you been concerned about those types of issues? Yeah. So that was Oh nine. That was really that, you know, when I did that, uh, the world bamboo Congress presentation, right. That really kicked in gear for me, you know, the, um, the fact that this really needed to be done and the scale that it, the impact that it could have. Cool. So what is rhizome? What's your mission? Why do you exist? And what do you sure. trying to do? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we're on a mission actually to, uh, kind of reverse climate change. It's a, you know, like a regenerative technology. Um, we just got, uh, uh, chosen as a top top uh, 60 finalist for the uh, X Prize Carbon Removal uh, awesome. Milestone Awards. And uh, so with that, it was really about um, the, uh, really the, what could be done at scale. And so we're in the Philippines, we're already committed uh, to planting uh, you know, uh, tens of thousands of hectares there. Uh, we're already harvesting the mature bamboo that's there. 
So it's really uh, growing that operation there and then repeating that in other places around the world. So we've got a project that we're standing up in Florida right now. And then there's a number of other locations that we are uh, you know, working on putting together a large scale supply chain uh, for the bamboo and then you know, developing the products for the local markets. So am I understanding the three primary benefits of building bamboo correctly? Number one, it grows faster than typical lumber building materials. Number two, it is stronger than than typical lumber. And number three, it because it, I suppose I think lumber could potentially draw down carbon as well, but because bamboo grows faster, it has the potential to draw down more. Or am I missing a detail there? There's another piece there. Yeah, when you when you cut a tree, you kill it. Uh, when you cut the bamboo, oh. you stimulate the growth. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that single plant can live for a hundred years. So you plant it once. And you're, you know, you're harvesting for multiple generations. Oh no, that's a massive, massive difference. That's like eating the fruit versus killing the tree. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the rate of growth is so dramatically different. Uh, You know, one acre of bamboo can produce as much material as uh, 10 acres of Douglas fir and more than 15 acres of pine. Do you yeah. think to yourself, why, why is it take, why does it have to be you? Why is it take it so long for us to be doing this? <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like, I thought if I put the idea out there, you know, somebody would pick up on it and run with it. And I realized, well, we're going to have to do this. So yeah, that's, that's why I started Rhizome. And, and uh, we're really, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty phenomenal but because of all the avoided emissions they didn't count those in in considering the for the X prize. They're only looking at direct removal. Uh-huh. But with bamboo, where you're avoiding the use of wood, concrete, and steel, the the impact is actually triple what it would be just for the carbon removal. So uh, the the, uh, the getting to a level where there's you know twelve percent of global construction materials are bamboo based actually addresses one third of our entire global human emissions. That's incredible. Would you mind kind of just yeah. briefly explaining some of the main issues with the way we build buildings now? I'm sure that you're the right person to talk to about that. Sure. Yeah, you bet. So the, the big piece there is uh, concrete and steel are hugely impactful. They're, they're together about 15 or 16 percent of global emissions right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then uh, deforestation is about another 20%. And then the interesting thing is because the bamboo is so strong, you need less of it. So you're saving more trees, more concrete, and more, you know, more steel. In fact, on the weight basis, steel, uh, bamboo is actually stronger than steel. It's crazy, but that's, it's about two and a half times the strength of steel if you look at the weight basis. On a cross-sectional basis, the steel is about twice as strong, but it's about five times as heavy. Okay. And that impacts you in, uh, particularly when you look at concrete in terms of large buildings. Um, a, a concrete building, it takes uh, five times as much concrete as it does to build that same building with wood. 
And with bamboo, it would be even less than that. So are you proposing that we replace these three primarily used materials in all building, whether they're commercial buildings or residential buildings, wood framing or or steel framing or and then concrete foundations? Do you think bamboo could actually replace all of them or does it depend on the case? I, it has that potential, but that's not necessary. Okay. Um, what, it, what the potential is, is to hybridize. So... Uh, using the high strength uh, of the bamboo, the light weight. Um, so you, you'd still probably do concrete foundations. You might do the first couple of stories where you've got, you know, for high rises where it's all parking with concrete and then switch to, you know, the bamboo above. They call that the podium and then, you know, building off of that. Um, and then even at that level, the the you know you can optimize so the bamboo might be the best you know floor slab material or uh, columns or you know you can kind of figure out but you're really trying to get to that global 12 percent and uh and a big piece of that is building a very large supply of it and then uh having the technology uh to you know, build build the materials affordably, so that they become really the uh, the cost becomes the driver for you know, addressing climate change. You know, they're they're building cheaper, so they're but they're actually saving the climate in the process. Are there any like hidden downsides to this bamboo? It sounds like a pretty amazing material, but is it perhaps like maybe an invasive species if we grow it somewhere and it can kind of take over areas and suck all the resources out potentially? Well, the temperate bamboos, yeah, that's true. Like you're talking about in New Jersey is those well, typically those are running bamboos. Um, there are some uh, clumping bamboos in in temperate areas. Um, but a lot of them are running species and they'll, you know, turn into a monoculture, they'll spread. Um, like the Moso in China, you see those, uh, photos of, you know, whole mountain ranges just covered with bamboo and it's pretty much a monoculture, you know, it just keeps spreading and spreading. Um, but the bamboos we're using, they stay put, they just keep getting bigger right where they are. The, do you know what it does to like the local like health of the soil in the area? Is it is it like conducive to like other species around it, or does it really like suck it, everything up? It is. It's you know it, it was I I am quite certain it evolved in a climax forest because that strategy of you know shooting up a hundred feet to get to the the sun space, uh, and uh, so the the pieces there are, are like in the philippines we're doing uh reforestation of, of deforested areas mm -hmm. and uh basically the uh sadly when they cut all their trees they change the microclimate so it's drier and now they get these uh brush fires on in the dry season and that kills all the little trees that so the and the only thing that didn't get killed was the bamboo so they've been planting bamboo for decades there because of that. And uh, so there's a lot of bamboo and that's why we're there. Wait, 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 what's, what's going on there? Why didn't, is the bamboo like less likely to burn as well? Right, yeah. And also the, the uh, even if the, the top burns, the rhizome mat will just pop up new shoots the next uh, season.
like a fungi, kind of like the mushroom coming out. Yeah, it's like the, a yeah. You see grass that browns out, and you know, can a fire burns through. Uh, you get a rain and everything pops up green again. It's just like that. Okay. Well, I'd love to hear like your plan and strategic model for converting these this bamboo into like a global construction material that people can use all sure. over the world. I'd love to hear the strategy, business idea behind it. Yeah, you bet. So it's really uh, in the Philippines we're developing it as a as an alternative for uh, hardwoods. It's really gorgeous material. It's free and clear of knots and takes stains really beautifully. Um, for Florida, we're our goal is to develop it as the most affordable building material on the planet. Um, so it's really as an industrial substrate material. And, uh, and then once we've got that pieces, that piece figured out, then we'll replicate actually both of those models, you know, around, around the world. So does that mean that you're, growing locally and selling to local construction companies in Florida and the Philippines, you're growing it there and selling it there? Uh, yeah, there's a, the opportunity there. I mean, we can ship to other locations, um, but the kind of the long-term strategy is to develop local markets. Uh, we just signed a, uh, you know, jo joint venture um, piece for India to, you know, do a, a large scale project there. And then, then once it's established, then really expand and replicate. So when it comes to like the construction industry, I'm not t completely familiar with it. Is Are there like large companies that are handling most projects or is it usually like individual contractors taking on like specific tasks when, and then they're um, then getting from suppliers? Sure. You know? Yeah. There, there's actually both. There, there's, there's privately held companies, but there are also some extremely large uh, public companies as well in the in the you know wood industry and um one of the things that we're doing is we're helping them solve some real big problems is they've been shortening the harvest cycle for the trees and so they end up getting more and more sapwood uh which doesn't meet the structural requirements so they've been having to slough off the sapwood to non-structural uses by adding the um bamboo fiber into their products, they can actually increase their log utilization. So the, uh, the, the bamboo is so much stronger that uh, you can add, you know, some of the non-structural material in the core of the uh, products and, you know, the, the uh, performance is, you know, excellent. So as I, as I know, concrete is the second most used material on the earth after water. So I'm I'm wondering how much of building materials are made from bamboo now, and if everything about it is so fantastic, I'm just like, why, why have we yet to to use it as as much? Sure. So what is yeah. it? Where is it at right now? I would say it's like like there. You know, it's it hasn't started. He's it's making a little pinch. Started. He's making a little pinch yeah, with exactly. his fingers. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Um. So. Uh, the, uh, the piece is, is there's never been a large scale supply chain. I would say actually China has a $30 billion uh, bamboo industry. Um, but if you go buy a sheet of four by eight bamboo plywood uh, from, made in China, it's two to $300 retail. So it's, you know, it's beautiful, well-made, um, but it's not gonna replace wood. 
so or concrete so it's really got to be you know a, a very large supply developed and then um industrial materials are there any like long-term studies showing like the durability of building with bamboo does it maybe like change over time and age is there any buildings that have been around for like 20 30 years that have yeah i mean there's uh, there's some buildings i i was in a uh a home in the philippines that was 50 years old and um the and my buildings now are uh almost 20 seven years old yeah the oldest is 27 28 um and you know it's they're doing great and like i said they've been through (laughs) multiple category five hurricanes and multiple earthquakes up to 6.9 so yeah that's it's a phenomenal material yeah no doubt um can you explain this this 12 percent number that you're talking about and then how converting our materials will relate to that yeah yeah so so one of the things that happens is the the bamboo is sequestering carbon as it's growing. Basically half of the weight of the bamboo pole is carbon. So it, what's interesting is, is uh, the molecular weight of, of uh, CO2 is three times that of carbon. So uh, when you right. look at a ton of, of, of bamboo, it actually is sequestering about uh, 1.83 tons of CO2. So it's got more so CO2 locked up than the actual weight of the material. It's kind of wild, but that's the way it works. And uh, how is so, that? How is that? What was that? How does that work? Yeah. So so uh, it's fifty percent carbon by weight, the bamboo pole, and then the the CO2 is uh, three times the molecular weight of that carbon. So for every carbon molecule, you've uh, you know you've taken for every ton of carbon, you've taken um, about three tons of, of CO2 out of the atmosphere. And is it, you just water it and put it in the sun and it'll grow like two or three feet in a day? Is that it? Did you add other fertilizers or something? Well, you know, you just need good soil. What we're doing in Florida is planting in diverted um, green waste, uh, you know, that's been composted. So, uh, you know, in, in the the growth rate there is even higher than just sort of typical what you would see with a bamboo plant. Um, yeah, so it's, I mean, it's an incredibly phenomenal material. So the plant is sequestering carbon, the soil around the plant is sequestering carbon. Uh, you, you till only once to plant the plant, and then uh, it's a no-till situation for the duration uh, you can basically, you know, between the rows, you just, you can have like a grass mat that, that uh, you know, um, you can drive the harvest vehicles on. And then um, the, uh, so there's the plant CO2, and then the building materials, once you harvest them, that's actually locking up that CO2. And then the avoided emissions. So that's why you get this big lever you know, one one ton of that bamboo is uh, replacing. You know, really, it's it's about seven tons of concrete. And yeah, yeah, just because of the strength to weight difference. 
And then, so you said it lives 100 years, then what kind of happens at the end of its life? It just kind of weakens up at the root and... Yeah, so, uh, you know, the bamboo I played in is is well over 100 years now. Um, but, yeah, but the, the, uh, um, the, the plants can, it depends on the species, but they can have what they call a gregarious flowering. And at that point, the the bamboo will go to seed. And if uh, heavily stressed, the, it'll kill the plant. So you can have a big widespread die off. But what's fascinating is you can be back in production in six years just by replanting at that point. So you get a whole century, you replant again, and then you're back up again in six years. I think the most amazing part about this whole conversation is the the correction that you made when I was talking about the three benefits is so, so significant that this is a truly renewable building material. It's like, yeah. it's even better than like biofuel because you just consume that and it's gone. If you were to take like corn oil, I guess corn grows every year. It's similar, but this thing goes really, really fast and you cut it down and it grows more and it continues to sequester more and more carbon. It's a massive, exactly. massive opportunity. Exactly. And it's very, very different from corn because what happens with corn is you have to till so you break the soil up right and you damage all of the you know release a lot of the carbon out of the soil back into the atmosphere and uh you know so then you've got this continuous uh um tillage thing going on and with the bamboo it's one time you know to plant it and you're golden for a century well, also in theory is that if, if as a tree continues to grow, it usually supports more life around it and then plants more trees by releasing its seeds. I would assume that as bamboo continues to grow, the area around it would be if it's at least if it's a native species would continue to be cut, be benefited by the existence of the bamboo. I'm just theorizing. I don't really know. Yeah, right. In, in the forest in the Philippines is what what it's doing is it's shading out the grass that was creating all the the forest fires or the brush fires and then uh, uh we're interplanting with the native trees as uh you know where we can where the the uh the grasses are not gonna catch fire and burn the little trees gotcha so what is like your your long-term plans for this do you know anyone else who's doing something similar how what are your thoughts on how to scale this to you know, like quickly replace building materials that are clearly inferior. Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, we're looking for the funding for large scale funding to implement this. When I did the presentation for the X prize, it was basically is how would I solve the climate crisis for 50 million bucks? And what's insane is it's actually doable. Uh, you do what we've done in the Philippines and just keep doing it over and over and over again. And what we're doing in Florida. So. Uh, yeah, and then using the revenues from the existing programs to seed new programs, so it becomes a geometric growth over the next thirty years. That's awesome! Perfectly regenerative business model. I like it a lot. Do you have your eyes on any other locations already? Yeah, we do. We have a pretty good list already. Yeah, yeah, we've got relationships in a number of countries where uh, you know once we've got the funding uh, secured, then we'll uh, be diving in there. Yeah. So does this particular species that you're interested in growing, is it only in like tropical or like subtropical regions? You can't really grow it in like somewhere in the middle of the States, something like that? Well, we're focused on those species because they are bigger and grow faster. 
Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and much of the construction over this next 40 years is going to happen in the global south. So really, and, and the default there is concrete. So really, they need a material that's uh, more affordable than concrete and readily available uh, mm -hmm. that, to drive a, you know, a change. So I could understand using it for like framing or as like panels, but would you make like mm -hmm. a pulp out of it to make like a concrete product from the bamboo? Um, it, we could, you know, and we have done that. We haven't really commercialized that, um, but there's certainly that possibility. The, the challenge is, is it's the cement that has the heavy, uh, you know, the uh, CO2 Carbon emissions footprint. associated with it. Correct. So not, you know, I mean, avoiding using uh, Portland cement is a big deal for solving the climate crisis. And so, I, you know, it's again, we've already uh, experimenting with making, uh, you know, blocks uh, to replace concrete blocks, but you're replacing aggregate rather than binder. So it's not as impactful for the environment. Okay. So we've talked a fair bit about the material makeup of bamboo. Um, at this point in, in current market conditions, whether they're efficient or not, how does it compare in cost, for example, say, to growing lumber? Is it even fair to even talk about that because we don't have large scale plants that are building this stuff? Yeah, it's really, uh, it's preliminary. You know, I mean, it, right. it's, uh, yeah, the, 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 just looking at the numbers and the amount of material per acre and the cost of land, all of that, uh, you know, at scale, the bamboo is going to be more affordable uh, construction material. What, what makes you say that? Um, just the fact that you would need uh, 10 to 15 acres of, of uh, forest land to uh, grow the same material you can grow on an acre. That, that's a pretty good argument. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Yeah, and then the logistics. You know, I mean, you, you, you know, the logistics. You're not having to manage, you know, a hundred thousand acres to feed one plant, you know, or one mill. You know, you're actually uh, the logistics become a lot simpler. Yeah, and then the logistics of carbon drawdown and potential to improve planetary health. Not even just the, the CO2 emissions that you're getting from from uh, making materials out of bamboo that's sequestering carbon, but the, the amount of deforestation that you can prevent by switching could be like a double exactly. carbon credit. You could 2x everything. Exactly. Exactly. You keep those. Uh, you, yeah. And what the amazing thing is, is your the asset of the trees for the lumber, uh, you know, the timber companies doesn't go away. The trees just keep getting bigger. And so if they delay their harvest 30 years, uh, the benefit for the planet is huge. Mm -hmm. And uh, and at the same time, you know, when they cut it, they're, they're going to have their, you know, the value is going to be there. Awesome. David, how could people support the work you're doing to kind of help you push this project along? Sure. Yeah. So uh, there's a, a, a website called Start Engine that's a crowdsource, crowdsourcing funding and we've got a page there that you can invest uh you can go to our website and learn more about uh you know what we're doing is called rhizome bamboo r-i-z-o-m-e bamboo.com and uh yeah and it you know in terms of uh, 
large scale investors, uh, they could reach out to me as well. I'd be happy to do that. And uh, I guess I can leave you my contact info. Sure. And uh, yeah, yeah. Is, so is, yeah, I'm basically David at rhizomebamboo.com. That makes it easy. Yeah. Awesome. Is there anyone else, man? Anyone else who's trying to like push this revolution along or is it just y'all? Um, you know, I, 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 I think there's other folks that are engaged in it. Um, you know, that I, as I'm moving along, I'm learning more about different, uh, you know, folks that kind of share that bigger vision and, uh, are trying to get projects, uh, you know, up and running. Um, but you know, it's, this is a big planet. And so, you know, we, we need to, we need to get this done. I think at some point you're going to see that a switch is just going to flip and all of a sudden you're not going to be able to grow as much stuff as people want because it seems like such a no-brainer for this material based on everything you said today. Well, what's amazing is, you know, uh, the as I said, is, is paper, uh, pulp, and, uh, you know, fuels are not uh, good, you know, lockups for carbon. But if you are replacing trees, those trees are a good lockup. So if you don't harvest the trees for pulp and they stay standing, they're holding that carbon in storage. So shifting, uh, you know, the packaging industry and, uh, uh, you know, paper in general to, and, and it's not uh, new science. It's actually already being done. There's uh, bamboo paper out there already. So it's not a, you know, nothing that had, needs to be invented. It's just right. getting a supply that's scale, you know, up to scale. Yeah, it'd be nice to replace the toilet paper with bamboo too. I'm thinking. Yeah, that. yeah, there is. It, one of our clients just bought a company. Called, what's it called? It's bamboo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We or we just they needed a little bit of rebranding, but <laughs> no, I like it. I mean, we'll always have a little need for toilet paper, but I think we should just make make the make the switch and go to the bidets, man. I think it just makes a lot more yeah. sense than toilet paper in yeah. general. Yeah. Well, David, I've really appreciated your time today. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, mutual, Ethan. Yeah. Do you have yeah. any like final pieces of advice for young people who are passionate and in getting involved in kind of projects like this and pioneering change? Yeah, I would absolutely. I would say pursue, you know, your passions. And I, I know there's a tendency with, you know, a problem as large as the, you know, climate situation to just say, well, what can I do? But there's a lot that each one of us can do. And, you know, by teaming to, together with uh, like-minded folks, uh, again, like yourself, of just getting the word out there, you know, building teams to work on specific solutions um, and creative thinking, really, you know, dive down and look at where the problems are and, you know, and come up, come up with solutions and then, you know, put a team together to implement them. That's, you know, and it's fun. I mean, it's, it's a crazy amount of work, but it's, it's way more fulfilling than just you know, doing a job. Yeah. Hey man, I mean, what else are we going to do? I, I think working is, yeah, spend, exactly. Know, spend, spend most of our time doing that. And you said there's an actual direct page where people can help fund the project. You had mentioned that before. Just there is. It one it's, more time. It's, yeah, sure. It's, it's uh, startengine.com. Uh, their page for Rhizome, R-I-Z-O-M-E. I think it's startengine uh, forward slash 
R-I-Z-O-M-E.com will take you right there. Yeah, and it's going to be linked in this podcast as well oh, for anyone perfect. who's okay. listening, watching on YouTube or in any of the, the streaming platforms. David, thank you so much for your time. Keep up the great work. I look forward to hearing about the company continue to grow. Oh, thank you, Ethan, so much. And thank you for your good work as well. So appreciate that. You got it, man. All right, everybody. We'll see you on the next one. All the best. So if you or anyone else you know is looking to buy or sell a home anywhere in the USA and would like to create thousands of dollars in donations without any cost out of pocket, please visit ccrealty.org today.